0: Father and our God, may we live of the lifestyle that Jesus lives. May we who walk and abide in him, may we who live by his name, may we who are born of his seed, may we who live by his mercy, may we live and walk even as Jesus did. And may your name be glorified in the name of Jesus Christ. May every lifestyle, office lifestyle, school lifestyle, village lifestyle, family lifestyle, every other form of lifestyle that does not conform to the kingdom lifestyle, to that which marks us out from whose seed we are, and of which origin we are. Lord, be rooted out of our lives henceforth this year, in the name of Jesus. May your Spirit, who gave birth to us, and bore witness in our hearts and in our lives that we belong to you, that same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, who quickened him, If that same spirit dwells in us, Lord Almighty, we pray that henceforth we will allow the spirit to well up in us a lifestyle that pleases You and that shows forth Your presence consistently. In the name of Jesus Christ, Spirit of God, make it work, make it happen. We are willing. We are open. We are yielded to you to show forth your priests who had called us forth out of darkness into the kingdom of a marvelous light in your son Jesus. Thank you. In Jesus name we pray. And everybody says amen. We want to thank God for the opportunity to be alive this morning and to witness 2018. Don't take it for granted. It's God's mercy that I kept and has kept seeing us through. And as He has also begun to tell us, as we listen to Him, as we trust Him, as we obey Him, not our own, not listening to other side waves or sound bites or manner of living, as we obey Him, He will lead us to the pasture through this year in the name of Jesus. Our lives, which are open before Him, and none is hidden, which please Him, and as they do, and we live before Him, and for Him, who died and rose again for us, not just according to the situation or circumstance. May the Lord bring His will and bring His pleasure. And bring his good works through our lives this year in the name of Jesus Christ. The gospel according to Saint Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 to chapter 7, verse 29. We're not going to read them all. But that's where God is using as a fulcrum to address you and I this year. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. Seeing the multitudes, Jesus went up into a mountain. and When he was set, his disciples came to him. He opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are they. Everybody say, Blessed are they. Blessed are you. Blessed am I. When we do certain things. When we live in certain ways. When we simply decide to live clearly, distinct Christ-like lives showing the kingdom lifestyle. Call it when we live as kingdom lifestyle bearers. That's what Jesus spoke about in the whole of Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7. He had just come out from the wilderness after 40 days of fasting and eating no bread. I have been tempted by the devil in the three focal ways in which temptations come to us up to today. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. He was tested. It was needful for him to go and be proved. And the Bible says, Jesus withstood the devil. And the devil left him for a season. He never goes on perpetual holiday. He doesn't go at all abandoned. He comes again and again. And so Jesus, having come in the power of the Holy Spirit, before he began his ministry completely, he found an occasion to call the disciples in the midst of the multitude. To tell them, now you are under my unction, under my teaching. You are following me. You are disengaging from Judaism. There are ways that show that this is who you now look and walk after. There are kingdom principles. There are kingdom lifestyles. There are lifestyles that are totally alien. Even though they look good to men. But they do not show who you are. And they do not show your identity. And they do not show that you have been with Jesus at birth, at salvation. Neither are you with him as you continue into the year. And Jesus took time. Not once. This one here. Matthew chapter 5. At the mount which is supposed to be the mount between Mount Tabor and Tiberias, is called the Sermon on the Mount. In Luke chapter 7, we also find Luke chapter 6 from 17 to 49, we find similar teachings. And that one is called Sermon on the Plain. In other words, at different points in time, Jesus would explain this is what this lifestyle involves. This is what belonging to the kingdom of God and following me involves. Live that way. Don't live according to your environment. Don't live according to your status. Don't live according to what they do in our village. Don't live according to what the office detects the you should do or businesses say you should do. Live a lifestyle that shows of which kingdom you belong and remain that way. Live transparent, blameless lives of true witnesses and disciples of Christ who shine as light in this perverse and crooked world, nation, environment, generation, and it's not about to get better. God has made that plain. From last year we said, the times will only get worse. But, for those who are anchored on him, and live a lifestyle that nothing diminishes, from hell, from the world, when they look at you from the right, from the left, from up, from below, from whichever power they come from, they will see that this one has been and continues to be with jesus and they would take note of it and that presence will carry you through and mark you out that's what god is asking us to do this year that's what jesus set out to tell them you are still in the environment you are in galilee you are in jerusalem you are in business you are in contract you are in petty trading you are within the city around here in nigerian environment But live a lifestyle that is consistent all the time. Even though you are in this environment, that will make them point to where your source is. Philippians 3.20 says, Our citizenship is of heaven. Our citizenship is from heaven. Some treasure will say, Our conversation, our lifestyle. Is from heaven. From where we look forward. To the coming of our savior. The savior of our souls. And the bishop of our souls. The Lord Jesus Christ. Live a lifestyle. That as you find yourself. In any of this environment. You will manifest. Consistent lifestyle. Consistent degree of bearing. Consistent conduct. Evidence of true repentance from dead works. Evidence of true repentance from the traditions. Evidence of true repentance from the things that you were doing before that Jesus has shone his light in you. Evidence of true repentance in righteous living at every level. No matter the situation. Lives that hold forth the standard, the banner, the values, the moral goods, the conduct of the kingdom of God, of heaven, irrespective of where you are, irrespective of your situation, and reach out in good works. That's what Jesus is telling us this year. That's kingdom lifestyle. That's encapsulated in Matthew 5, 6, 7. And at different other points of scripture, And as we go through this, may the Lord himself cause us to abandon any double standard or indeed multiple standard because most of us have been living multiple standard lives. You have a standard of life for your home. Sometimes we are raw. We are brutish. We are canna. The words that come out from your mouth at your home reek Of disgust. Somebody wonders. Is this a kind of word. From the mother of the house. To a child or to a maid. Multiple lifestyle. When you are in school. A lifestyle. For children. That includes tapping. In other words. Taking somebody's viral. When he's not looking. Putting into your bag. Telling lies. Small white lies and big ones. Or, keeping malice, envy, for children still, quarreling, bullying. Live a lifestyle, living as small as you are, that marks you out as peacemaker, as pure in heart, as one who seeks for the good of others, and who even when they take that which belongs to you, you can be defrauded, you can allow you to go in peace. Without having to exercise your right. Like we have heard some time ago. Live as in school as if you are not just saying there is a school lifestyle. You must cheat one word or the other. You must copy. You must sort in one way or the other. As a lecturer, you must also plagiarize. These things are accepted. You can copy somebody's hand out. Live a lifestyle that shows you consistent in political circle, in the various places where we are. You never can speak plain truth or plain false. Nobody ever knows where you belong. You're like a chameleon. You're always on defense. And you say, look, don't ever give them any answer. That is politics, you know. It's diplomacy. Live a lifestyle that are yeah is ye yeah, and your no is no, and they can place you ever before you are around and they say, don't you know him, he won't be involved in this matter. Are you in the office? Live a lifestyle that is not office-based, that tells you, you can tell some lies. There are always ways to do over-invoicing, to tell lies of when you came, when you didn't come, to say, look, I am coming. I am coming. If anybody asks for me, just tell them I'm around. Why are you around? You are where? You are a talker? You are t- n-suka? You are somewhere else? You live like those in the office. No consistency, no transparency. And these are the things that bear down our testimony. And while you are there in the office, entertain gossips. Spend time. Whether true or not. Pull down one. Use vindictiveness. We can go on and on. Jesus said, no, blessed are those who belong to the kingdom and will live this way. And when we are talking about the kingdom, Jesus was telling them what their lifestyle should be. What kingdom are we talking about? What kingdom do we live this lifestyle? There is the kingdom of men. In Daniel chapter 4 verse 17. We read part of that passage that says that all living will know that God rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomsoever he desires. So there's a kingdom of men where men run affairs, where men say this is not church, where men will tell you this is not issue, where men will tell you this is not where you carry Bible, this is the real world now. That is where men use their own natural principles to exert in the places where we find ourselves. There's the kingdom of men. Things run from man's idea, on intellect, on inventions. God is kept out. That's what America has graduated into now. They started on God. In God we trust. Constitution was based on it. And many of their early leaders and presidents were righteous, God-fearing men. Many of them were truly born again. And they lived and tried to impart that kingdom lifestyle, even into their constitution. And America, which was a land of immigrants, you can't say there's any one group of people who own it. Even the immigrants, those who were there, the Indians, have virtually been swallowed up. People came from Hispanics, from Spain, from Portugal, from Europe, from the South Americas. Of course, you know, slave trade carried many of the blacks over there. Latinos, as it were. Land of immigrants. But because they live by kingdom principles, they prosper as a nation. Righteousness exalted them. America was marked out. But in 1962, 1965, they began to live by the kingdom of man. They say we don't need God anymore in the running of affairs. The Supreme Court of America said, no longer say prayers in school. Our lost prayer went. Before they engraved Ten commandments on virtually every public school, they said, don't bring religion into any of the school or secular matters. And from then, the fall had continued. To many of the vices we see around here. That's the kingdom of men, Where ideas, where your intellect, where you experience the rule. That's not the kingdom where God says live the lifestyle. Because with that, you will just end up short of who you are. There is the kingdom of the world. In John 18.36, Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, I would have asked my father to send down angels. To be able to do the fighting. There is a principle that the world, the kingdom of the world uses. There is also a principle of heaven. I would have asked him to send down angels to do the fighting. But because my kingdom is not of this world, I will resist. It is not that of revenge. It is not that of teeth for thought. It is not that of might is right. So there is a kingdom of the world. Just like in Acts 1, six. At a point in time, Jesus had resurrected and was about to ascend into heaven to meet with the Father. And what was of utmost concern to the disciples was, Would you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Where Israel will assert authority. Where one person will be prime minister. And the other one will be deputy prime minister. And the other one will be assistant deputy prime minister. And the other one will be deputy assistant acting prime minister. Men will have their rules. Each one will have a sense of power. Each one will tell you, "Do you know who I am?" And each one will exert his own. That's the kingdom of the world, where might is right, where anything goes, and where men rule by he who has the greater power." Jesus said, "That is not my kingdom yet. Even though you are in the world, you are not of the world. There's also the kingdom of the devil. Ephesians 6:12 tells us. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness in high and in the heavenly places. The kingdom of the devil, a kingdom which naturally belonged to God, which he handed over to Adam at the Garden of Eden and said, subdue, take charge, take control. And then at the temptation, the moment the devil came and said, "Did God really say?" He brought a big question mark. And so, even when you have believed God and trusted absolutely, Eve had taken that in total. Adam had sung that in. But the moment the devil brought a big question mark, "Did God really say?" He said, "It's true." Then he brought a lie, counterfeiting what God says. He says, you shall not really die. Who do you believe? And that moment, Eve, and by extension, Adam, who did nothing, who said nothing, who acquiesced, who joined, who said it is my wife, who gave excuse the way they would usually do, who said it is my flesh, who said it is my boyfriend, who said it is a man who just came to her house and told me that is the principle of the kingdom of the devil, thwarting the good and bringing down evil and casting doubt and imagination on the things that God has clearly told you to do and bringing your own colored by the devil. The woman now began to look at the fruit and saw that it was good that it will be palatable to eat, and that it could make one wise. The three aspects of temptation were there. And when the devil came back, in Luke chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, one of the temptations on Jesus, temptation of the pride of life, he told him, look at all the kingdoms of the world. They have been given unto me. And he was speaking the right. Who gave them to him? Adam. By virtue of sin with Eve, handed the authority God gave him to subdue, to take charge, to take authority to the devil. And he took it up. And so the world system, even though you don't see it like the kingdom of men, operates now on the principle of the kingdom of the devil. That's why he will put it in the heart of one person, that for you to rise to the top, malign the others. Sow a seed of distrust. In short, that's somebody's name. Kill. That's why he will say, get blood. Blood of new infants, blood of virgins, blood of whomsoever, and put on a seed. So the ideas, the principles of the system that makes men get by, are ordered by the kingdom of the devil. Here in the world where we are. He told him. These are mine. The kingdoms of the world. They have been handed over to me. And I give it to whomsoever I will. He was right. Until Jesus comes again. In millennial reign. Then will the kingdom of this world. Again become the kingdom of our God. That's why the hymn we sang says. Thy kingdom come O God. Thy kingdom has come in a way. But his kingdom as to reign to govern the lifestyle of men is not in operation right now in the world. All true. People are living by the principle of the devil. Many of the songs now, rock songs, rap songs, sometimes reggae songs, they are dedicated to the devil. People are getting by. Once there are shortcuts, nollywood movies. More of the things that they show you now are what? Fetish practices that tell you the way to get by is to do a charm, is to go by and to do something that has a force spiritually back. And most of them never really back by the power of God. But from where? The devil. So that's the idea that is saying in everywhere. We are told that the person who invented the internet, I'm sure you've also heard that too, internet. Where you and I, many of us spend more hours than we spend in our Bible and prayer and things put together in a day. If you are not surfing, you are chatting. If you are not chatting, you are texting. If you are not texting, you are, what else you do? doing. If you are not videoing, you are, what one, which other one now? Listening. Some people now find it abnormal to just stay for one hour without the phone. In short, sure? without the phone or internet, you feel incomplete. That's what many of us have graduated to. And you don't invest that much time on that which has given you life, so to say. But even the internet was invented by a young man. And who dedicated it to who? Beelzebub. I'm sure you've heard that. That's true. So the principles by which the world runs and gets by, that draws you in, is one that does not go by the principle that God truly says live by it. It's by the devil. And so, we are in it. So there's a kingdom of the devil. But there is also the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. In Luke 10, 9, when Jesus sent them out two by two, He said, Any house you enter, heal the sick, and as you leave, tell them the kingdom of God is near you. Verse 11, And as they hear unto you, tell them the kingdom of God is near you. If they don't hearken unto you, still wipe the dust off your feet and tell them the kingdom of God is what? Near you. In Luke 12, 32, Jesus also said there, Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness. Verse 32. He says, My little flock, it is your Father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. So there is the kingdom of God. Which sometimes is interchangeably used with the kingdom of heaven. When John came preaching, he said in Matthew 3.2, The kingdom of heaven is near. Repent. But, when Jesus was replying to the Pharisees, he told them as you go healing, tell the people around who have not yet accepted your message, the kingdom of God is what? Near you. And in Luke 17, 20, 21, Jesus categorically answered the Pharisees and those who were also of doubt, waiting till they see physically, when we say we shall abandon us, look at what happened in Luke 17, 20 and 21. When he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. You don't need a signboard. You don't need a nameplate. You don't need a system. You don't need a government. You don't need a state to declare we a Christian state based on the kingdom of God. It doesn't come with proclamation. It doesn't come with announcement. The kingdom of God doesn't come that way. Verse 21. Neither shall they say, sorry. Neither shall they say, lo here or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. What does he mean by that? By being present in your midst. The kingdom of God is already within you. By being present in your environment. By being present in your gathering. The kingdom of God is not yet to come. It's already where? Within you. It's around. I personify the kingdom. I represent the kingdom. He who has seen me has seen the father and has seen the epitome, the representative, the picture. The lifestyle of the kingdom of God. And after a while, when Philip and Thomas were still in discussion, he said, have you been with me? One of them asked Philip, said, show us the Father that we may believe in him. They still were looking for physical things. He said, Philip, have I been with you for so long and yet you have not known me? He who has seen me has seen the Father. He who believes in me, believes in him who sent me. And therein the kingdom of God has come in your midst. So how do we now enter the kingdom? In John 3, 3. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse 5. Verily, verily. And when Jesus says, verily, verily, he means, pay close attention. He means, don't doubt what I say. He means, if you trifle with any other thing, don't joke with this one. Hold it tenaciously. Live as if it is the very truth itself. Verily, verily. Certainly, there's no argument about it. Except a man, a woman, A boy, a girl, a worker, a rabbi, a theologian, a lecturer, is born again because he was addressing a St. Henry member, Nicodemus, a rabbi, a teacher of the law. He says, irrespective of your status, irrespective of your word, irrespective of your standing in the society, in the kingdom of man, and even in the kingdom of the world, except anyone is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And made it plain and said in verse 6, That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And if the Spirit of Christ does not bear witness in you, And does not dwell in you. Then you are none of his. You don't belong. So friends. Clear cut. Let it be plain. It's not church. Church is a vehicle that leads you to the kingdom of God. Church gives you a membership whereby we can rally around you. It's one of us. Church opens the door and says this is a portal to the kingdom of God. So if you've been playing church and you don't have that attribute of being born again, no matter how maligned Jesus spoke with, and is still the entry to the kingdom of God. Can I make it plain to you, choir? Can I make it plain to you, Audience, can I make it plain to you, Father, Mother, except you are born again, you cannot enter the kingdom. It is only by being born a second time, born of the Spirit, that you qualify to be a kingdom member, a member of the kingdom of God. You don't acquire it by birth, by pedigree, by your royal lineage, by righteousness going in your family line, by people who have been there doing great things for God. Even in Acts 10, when we had the man who was our judge, Cornelius, to be a good man. He does many things for our nations. He has given much hands. He does many things for the brethren. He also is a devout man. He prays often. Those were all his qualifications. They didn't make him enter the kingdom. They were only pointers. In case there's anyone here in this year, who still thinks my righteous acts, my good acts, my philanthropy, are the things speaking for me? No. All that they are speaking for you is a memorial. They are pointing you that one thing is necessary, which you have not yet done, which is to be born again. Hear me plain. You are not a member of the kingdom of God if you are not yet born again. The spirit of God bears witness with you as you know, as an individual. People say, how do I know? Once you ask that question, it already means you are not born again. Are you with me? That's true. The moment you are, there's a witness within you by the spirit of God that there's a change. Old things pass away, all things become new. There's a light that shines into the darkness of your heart. And makes every of the things that would have made you live as the level of the kingdom of man. Kingdom of the devil under his power. Ephesians 2.1 That this is how many of us live when we are still in darkness. Under the power of the prince of the air, manipulated, your will is not your own. You follow the society. You follow the multitude. You follow the crown. You had no backbone. So there was no lifestyle that could be attributed to you. That's how you are when you haven't got the spirit of God inside of you. You will be a witness that you belong as a child of God. Praise the Lord. That is the route to entry into the kingdom of God. And as you enter into that kingdom, the Bible says, "Before you were no people, now you become the people of God." First Peter 2:10. "Before you had no mercy, now you have obtained mercy from God." Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12. Say that before you get born into the kingdom, you were without God in the whole world. You are just following. You come to church because you are told to come to church. You speak right because you are told to speak right. You also tell lies because you are told to tell lies. You camouflage because you are told to camouflage. You had no binding principle and lifestyle. You had no backbone to stand you. That's who you are. And that's why the lifestyle is still wobbles. Until Jesus gives us access by the Spirit. And the Bible says, as you enter and become a member of the kingdom. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 18 says, through him we now have access by the Spirit of God into the presence of God spiritually. And not only that, we now become members of the household of God. Members of the citizenship of where? Heaven. Members of the firstborn of heaven. You now become members of the kingdom of God who are built upon the foundation laid by the apostles of which Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. Friends, that's how you become a member of the kingdom of God. That's how you become a member of the kingdom that should bear the lifestyle. There is no shortcut, there is no route that has been made up around it, and there is no way many of us are liberal in mind and we carry the kingdom of the world's philosophy. And says the kingdom of God is like a marketplace. There are many roads to the markets now. You can decide to go by Appian Way. You can decide to go by Express. You can decide to go by Highway. You can even decide to go through the bush. All not the same. The important thing is to arrive where? At the market. That's what many of us are. Still saying. And they say, ah, God cannot be unjust. You are the one who is advocating for them now. You haven't yet thought about yourself where Jesus said, Verily, verily, except a man is born again, Irrespective of title, education, status, He is outside the kingdom. He is not a person before God. He is without God in the whole world. He is outside the commonwealth of promise. The promises of God which are here and amen are not on you. All that you receive are just the fringe benefits of his providence. Who allows the sun to shine on both the good and the bad. Who allows the rain to fall on both the righteous and the evil. That's the level where you are living. Not on God's merits. Not on what Jesus has done. And if you are still at that level today, please repent. He who is born of the flesh is flesh, born once, like any other human being. You can't live beyond that level. But he who is born of the spirit, in addition to being born of the flesh, is what? Spirit. That's the gateway to the kingdom. So with all your arguments, down them and accept that all we have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And there is no righteous, not even you. And so our righteousness is like what? filled the rags before him. It cannot stand God's sight. He is of purer eyes and to behold iniquity. And in whomsoever iniquity is found. Even when Jesus was carrying the burden of sin of the whole world on the cross. God looked away from him. And the same thing he does. And that's why... Isaiah says that God is angry with the sinner every day and the prayer of the sinner is an abomination. Instead of bringing blessing, you add more cause, more wrath, more anger. You will walk away from there and commit yourself to the kingdom of God today in the name of Jesus Christ. That's the point to enter. And when you enter, you become a member Of the household of God. Kingdom lifestyle bearer. A chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A peculiar person who has not existed before. That's what that peculiarity means. Who does not now live by just what was happening before. Who is no longer governed by the things that were just ordinary before. That you might now show forth the praises of him who has called you forth from where? Darkness into his marvelous light. That's all we do as kingdom lifestyle bearers. Show forth his praise. Show forth his lifestyle. Show forth his standard. Live. When you are in that kingdom, having entered the kingdom, it's not an all-comers affair. It's not anything goes. You don't bring baggage, right, left, and center. And so Jesus found the need to tell us there is kingdom lifestyle. There is a code of living. It's not a rope around you, but it's to tell you if you are in the kingdom, this is the way you will now live. In Matthew 11:28, he says, Come unto me ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Rest of soul. Peace of mind, peace with God, and peace around—that is an assurance that you are born again, a member of the kingdom. But Jesus didn't stop there. He didn't stop at your entering. He didn't stop at saying, "Look, once you enter and you are born again, everything is made plain. You are heading to heaven. The world will be at your feet. Honey and chicken will be there every day. A la carta. add them all. You will never suffer skin pain." He said, "No." First you will find rest. You make peace with God. Then he said. As you enter into the kingdom. You don't live anyhow. You don't behave by your own code. You don't carry the baggage that came with your lifestyle. You don't look at how Omona lives. He said, look, even though I'm a member of the kingdom of God, but in our Omona, there is a group of people you must always hate. There's a group of people you will not eat their food. There's a group of people, if they tell you God bless you, you tell them, let let that blessing return back to you, not me. There's a group of people you must never love, because that's the way it is in our place. He says, no. Learn of me and take my yoke upon you. In the kingdom, learn the lifestyle. There is a lifestyle. There is a way of living. There is a way of thinking. There is attitudinal behavior and change. There is a code of conduct. That you don't carry your old baggage and come in. Learn of me and take my yoke upon you. And then you shall do what? Find rest for your souls. Learn of me. Jesus taught the things we should learn and display. In Mark chapter 3, verse 13, we were told, and after Jesus had prayed overnight, he came and called the twelve. Number one, that they might be with him. Number two, that he may send them forth to preach. Number three, that they might now heal and cast out demons. Many of us turn it upside down. But the main reason why he called these disciples in Matthew 5, why he called them to be, to stay or to be his followers, the main thing was that they might do what? Be with him. To learn of him. His nature, his character, his bearing, and wherever they now go, people can look at them, Peter and John. They will say, in terms of the worldly standard, Peter and John are ignorant men. They are uneducated men. They are unlettered men. They do not measure up to be in this Sanhedrin. By right, we shouldn't have called them here without a lawyer or without somebody who is learned in the Jewish law. But by seeing their presence and their action and their disposition, they would take note that these men, even though by the worldly standard, don't seem to measure don't seem to make up to what we thought they should be. But they have been with Jesus. There's a difference in their answer, in their mannerism, in the boldness which they display, and in their attitude to life. Even when we are threatening them with death, they are bold and saying, if speaking the truth will make us die, then let us do. But we shall not by any means obey man rather than who? God. Something, mark them out. Because they have been with who? Jesus. His design is that as you learn of him, as you stay with him, his nature, his attributes, his characteristics, his lifestyle will rub off on you and I. Praise the Lord. Is it not he whom you stay longer with that you imbibe his attitude and character? Am I right? When they see your child, Sometimes by facial appearance. Some other times by the way the person answers and speaks. They will say, Are you OK, Kek'e son? Are you a daughter? He will say, Yes. He say, On again, Gene Moroghe? Is that not what you say? We know that as much. That is all God is asking us to do. Let situations, let people. Let everyone be able to say, irrespective of the decay, irrespective of the immorality going around, irrespective of the corruption, this one is different. His values are different. His mindset is different. The way he behaves is different. He doesn't even care whether he dies tomorrow maintaining what is right. And somebody will whisper, don't you know he is a kingdom lifestyle bearer? Hallelujah. I'll put it closely. Don't you know he's a Christian? But you know, everybody answers Christian now. The man who spearheaded the killing of 17 or more people in Yomoku in River State was bearing a Christian name, wasn't he? Everybody is a Christian. The Duke is a Christian. The 419 is a Christian the person who is selling in the market and who is changing cups up and down, is also a Christian. But a Christian is still a Christian. The same thing that made them in Acts 11-26, to look at them, their members, the fellow villagers, Jesus never physically went to Antioch while he lived for the three years of his ministry. He didn't go there. But, the message has spread to Antioch. People had believed in him. They had dropped their own ways of life. Some were Judaism. Some were other philosophies. They had believed Jesus. And lived by his teaching. And lived by his dictates. And lived by his values. It was their own people. It was their own neighbors. It was their own classmates. It was their working companions. It was their business and It was those with whom the dealt with across the shed that said, These ones will find here, who are disciples of Jesus, are nothing but what? Little Christ. Christianoids. Christians. Their life is like that man of Galilee we hear about. Even though that name was like a derogatory name. Saying, now oh, we hear about him. They are like him. But he marked them out. Can you be marked out this year living a kingdom lifestyle that does not align with that of the society? Some of us live a status lifestyle. When you are with people of a certain class, behave like them. Go out. Don't come back early. Drink alcohol to no avail. Just talk rubbish. Talk rot. Everything that comes, put in your own mind so that you will belong to that status. Kingdom lifestyle says even when you are anywhere, let your word be such that will minister grace to the heart of the hearer. Live a lifestyle that measures up to the standard, the same standard Jesus put forth here in Matthew chapter five, six, seven. Blessed are the pure in hearts, blessed are the poor in spirits, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are hungry for righteousness and the thirst of it. Blessed are those who are meek. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. That's one of the marks that comes one as a child of the kingdom. He said even that, your motives, the way you give, the reason you give, hypocritical tendencies, what you are is not what you portray. You live personality, augmented lifestyle. But your character, the real core of the lifestyle has a problem. He say, no, live a life that measures up to the standard God set when the kingdom of God came into your heart. It hasn't changed. It didn't change from the time of Jesus. It hasn't changed till now. It won't change because of Nigeria. It won't change because of recession or no recession. Heaven and earth may even pass away, but not an iota of the word of God and the lifestyle does what? Changes. Is the same? Live a life that measures up to that standard. It's the same standard you will see in Russia, and you will say this person is a Christian. Find their words. Here in this country, people will tell you in the early seventies or even into the eighties. When revival spread out, especially after the civil war, and people were hungry for God, and people had nothing more to hang on to, everyone who had a huge bank account, all of them were dissipated. Nobody got more than 20 pounds. Am I right? For those who still came out from there, those who owned mansions, lost them, abandoned property. And so there was a hunger for God. That was the only thing people could cling on to. And people would it. And even when they did. I'm not saying that is part of the kingdom lifestyle. They were ready to carry their Bible word in their head. And go right preaching. And as bosses we are come on them. See to see and the rest of them. You could literally sit down beside somebody. Without his carrying a label and symbol. And your spirit will tell you this one is a Christian. This one is a child of God. They will say this one is an issue too. And then they will turn to you. Live a life. That spoken or unspoken. Will conform to the standard of the name you are called. The address you are given. Live as a Christian. Live like Christ. Live the kingdom lifestyle. That's what Jesus is asking us to do. We are told that the people of the world. That you dress the way you are to be addressed. Am I right? That your dressing indicates how we should address you. Is that correct? It looks like it is. Okay. If you find somebody with danchiki, Chiki. Or maybe some jumper. That just went down to the thigh. And then he has penciled trouser. And then he has a rod. And he has a straw hat on him. That's the way he's dressed. With a leather slippers. What are you likely to call him? A full and a house man. Am I right? How? By the dressing. You're already beginning to classify him. Okay. If you find a lady. Whether you knew her status before or not. Or you knew the person's name or not. But all you have simply seen is that the person has a heavy headgear. And the person has blouse. And has two rapper judges. What will you likely call her? Madame. Whether she is 17 or 18 years. You will say what? Madame. He has dressed like what? A madame. That's the way I should address you. attaining the respect of a madame. What of when you find a young man with uncombed hair that is dirty, with blink hanging round the neck, with button of the shirts, all open, and then the trousers are hanging down by the rear part of his buttocks, and he's wearing faded jeans with holes punched inside of them. With patches here and there. What name are you likely going to call him? Young people. What's up man? Dress the way. You are to be addressed. That's all Jesus is saying. Live the way. You are addressed. You are dressed as a Christian. You are dressed as a child of God. Live that way. Don't change it. Don't borrow. Don't go to any other. Be sure that Ephesians 4.1, I quoted Good News Bible, says, Leave, I beseech you, I, who am a prisoner of God, I beseech you, Leave, according to the vocation to which you are called. Leave, according to the high calling. Don't come down. Message Bible said there. Go out there and walk. Better still, run on the road God called you to travel. Go out there. Go out in everyday lifestyle. Walk. Leave. Better still, he says, don't loiter about. Don't stutter. Don't wander around, that's part of what he says there. Don't be engaged in how others are doing it. You already have a road God has called you onto. Go out there and walk and run on that road he has called you onto. Praise the Lord. And second Corinthians chapter five verse seventeen says If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. Behold, all things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And then verse 14 says, For the love of Christ constrains us, and with us judge, that if one died for all, then we are all dead. If Jesus died for all, And by faith, Romans 5.1 By faith, being justified by faith We are made to be at peace with God Through Christ Jesus You don't need to die again for your sins Which all have sinned You don't need to go back again and bring down Jesus So that he will come physically And absolve you of your sins Like we do every Sunday here If Jesus died for all Then by faith all were dead. That those who live. And live as Christians. And live as those born out from his death. And live as those who are his disciples. Should henceforth. Hallelujah. Maybe before you didn't know that. Should henceforth no longer live unto themselves. Unto their environment. Unto to belong. Unto to satisfy some societal status. Unto their class. Unto the group they belong to. They have a new standard now. What is it? They should no longer live unto themselves or any other but they should live unto him who died and rose again for them. Is that difficult to ask? It's not. If the seed of Christ is in you, and you learn of him. And you imbibe what he says. It will rub off on you. And you will display it wherever you are. And he simply asks you, live as a Christian. Live the way people address you. Live as a disciple of mine. Live as a kingdom belonger. Put on Christ. That's like the summary of it. And you will not... Justify the loss of the flesh. Live clothed with Christ. Live with his teachings and with his lifestyle embraced in you. And then heaven can reckon with you. Men will take note where you belong. You will not be traveling incognito. Identity not known. Swallowed up every time. Chicken, lily liver. No backbone, no skeleton. We don't know where you belong to. When they are saying, A here, e, here, you are there. They say, is it not BBB? You B, B? say, yes, in Kegi Council, you say, that's why I like you. That's why I like you. That's why they like you. They don't know where you belong to. You are all weather. It's like a chameleon. There's no standard. They wouldn't know what they will say. And they will say, ah, this one, he won't be there. They will be the one speaking out for you. I say, count a day away from this, so he won't be part of it. He's not here, but we know what he will do. We know what he will say. We know he won't be part of it. And truly, may ede, may you not disappoint expectation of heaven and the world in the name of Jesus Christ. So put on your dressing as a Christian. Put on Christ. That's Romans 13:14. Put him on. And then you will not justify. You won't be bound to live for people to please To please people rather than others. And that's what he brought out in Matthew chapters 5, 6, 7. He dealt with our personal lifestyle. We'll see those from Matthew chapter 5, 1, even up to verse 16. The things that make you different and they are making you blessed, different from the people. And when you live this way, you will be persecuted. Let nobody say when he's persecuted, that he has done some wrong. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, first Peter chapter four says, "Happy are you." But let none of you suffer as an evildoer, as a busybody in other men's matter, as somebody who has come to live another person's lifestyle and say, "It's because I'm a Christian. Live because of your lifestyle. They wrongly accuse you. You say, Happy are you because the glory of Christ will be revealed in you. And do you know what happens? Many of the times we are camouflaging. We don't stand up because of what people will say. What will people not say? If you keep quiet, people will do what? Say. If you speak out, people will do what? Say. Why don't you live who you are? Leave your identity as a Christian and let them keep doing what? Saying. Because there are two groups of people in the world. There are the people who do, and there are the people who say. For every community in any office, there are people who in that office where you are, will talk everything about everybody, but their work will always be coming short. They are the sayers. There are those who play football on the field. Eleven players, sweating it out. Twenty-two of them, eleven on each side. The commentator is the sayer. Is he not so? And then he will say all manner of things. O gives to Kafa. O Kafa does it dribbly. He does it sluggishly. O has no strength in his leg. O Kafa has shot it over the bar. O Kafa should have shot it straight. Does he know the amount of labor Kafu has gone under? Does he know whether he has got muscle injury? That is the talker. And sometimes they will score goal with their saying. He said, "Go!" And no, 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 no. Many of us live at that level. This year, live as a Christian. Live with the principles. Let your lifestyle be one that people, heaven, even hell. Hell, he said. Was it not the devil that spoke about Job? I said, that man Job, that man Job, have you not surrounded him with your presence? Even his businesses and principles are your presence. That I have no hand in it. By trying to accuse Job, the devil was playing up Job's lifestyle. The devil said, I have no hand in him. I know him. The moment you mention his name, I know him. There's no way I can get him. Didn't Daniel also have a testimony? That there was no way in which they could trap him, except through his God. A man walking, who was found faithful in all things, and a man who was found diligent, and there was no fault found in him. Daniel 6, 1, 2, 3. And they came together, conspiracy theory, conspiracy group, pulling down group, office status and office lifestyle. Let us look for this man through his God. And even when they look for him through his God, did he fall? Did he disappoint? Live that lifestyle. You can only die once. That's what many of us are afraid of. And I can tell you that if you live for God and live right, live as a Christian, live with your head on your neck, clear status, you will not die until God says it is time in Jesus' name. But when you are living in fear of death, you compromise. They will sack me. They will dismiss me. They will do this. You will keep on stumbling. Your lifestyle will be deemed Second Peter chapter one verse nine says, "Those who are not living this way, with the lifestyle of Christ, they are short-sighted. They cannot see far. They have forgotten that they were saved from their sins, and they want to please man." Jesus talked in Matthew chapter six of being God pleasers rather than men pleasers, rather than being hypocrites, rather than being double standard. Your motive for giving. Your motive for praying. Your motive for fasting that men may see you. And when you give, men will also see. And they will say you have given this much. Motives, core values. He addressed also. We as individuals, where you are, remain the salt. Remain the light. A light, a butcher that is lit, is never done what? Hidden. Shine. Shine there. In crooked and dark places, shine. All that one can do is to come and do what? Put you off. But the character of a bushel, of a light giver, is to do what? Give light to darkness. Nobody can extinguish the light that is in you by Christ Jesus. So why are you struggling? Why are you afraid? Why won't you boldly live for him? And as you live that way, you will attract souls and many more unto him in the name of Jesus Christ. 1 John chapter 2, verse 6 says, Anyone who says he abides in him, anyone who says he's a Christian, anyone who says you walk by him, anyone who says I am a member of the kingdom, ought also to live the same way that Jesus lived. Outside it, you are not a member. Outside it, you enter the kingdom. But as Matthew chapter 7 verse 13, 14 says, Straight is the gate, narrow is the way. Few there are that will get to the end of it. Many there are that will go out. And it actually happened. In Luke chapter 13, we are told in verses 25, 26 to 30, that at the end, many came to say, Lord, Lord. You preached in our streets. Lord, Lord, we are members of that congregation. Lord, Lord, we were nights, we were day, we were afternoon. Lord, Lord, we got diamond award. Lord, Lord, we had long service award. We are in prayer. We are very active, activity full. We carried your Bible. Activities don't show necessarily who you are. Activities will evolve from who you are. Let the life, let the principles of the kingdom, let tolerance, as he said in Matthew 5 from 17 onward, forbearance. You have heard that it was said, hate your enemies, love only those who bless you, but I say unto you, love your enemies, relationship with others. Attitudinal disposition, your mindset, your core values, the reason why you do things. You were told that thou shalt not commit murder. But what goes on in your heart already does what condemns or presents you. If you look at somebody with intention to lust, you've already done what committed murder. Your mind, your heart, your disposition, your conviction. Body, soul, and spirit, present them blameless and live under the searchlight of God. That's all he's asking us to do this year. And as he does, may a way be opened unto you into the kingdom with the blessings in the name of Jesus Christ. May God take the light in you and I, because that's what he's desiring. And each time be pleased to announce us, this is my beloved son, this is my beloved daughter, Whose lifestyle pleases me, listen to him. He will be the one fighting your battles. He will be the one who exposes you. He will be the one who brings the things that are due you as and when they are due you. In the name of Jesus. It won't be you are fighting for your rights. It's true you can do that. But live the kingdom lifestyle. Live for him. Nothing that is due you in life. And in godliness, we will miss out in the name of Jesus. I can tell you that. I have said it here before. Most of the things that have come my way, whether they are academic or professional, I had never lifted a finger for them. Sometimes, somebody will say, is your right? Is this? They just come to pass. Whether it was the papers that were written, whether it was also them. God will just push them out. Where they are rejecting others, they will get acceptance. Live a life that pleases heaven. And that even the world knows that you're a Christian. Where you stand. And that you're living no longer situational lifestyle. No longer environmental lifestyle. No longer school-based or country-based lifestyle. And let heaven take the light in you. And let the glory of God be risen upon us. And let his mercies shine down continually in the name of Jesus Christ. Romans 14:18 says, for the kingdom of God, verse 17, is not just a meat and drink. It's not if I forget it. It's not how he favors you. It's not with your own mind. But it's what? Righteousness. Portraying the lifestyle. Peace. A life that is at peace with God and can also be at peace with others and joy in the Holy Ghost. Whosoever serves Christ like this, friends, is accepted before God and approved before men. May that be you and I in the name of Jesus. Shall we bow our heads to pray? I want to really live by your leading, by your guidance, by your quickness. I want to truly live by the principles of heaven. I want to live a life that is clearly identified from heaven, this is my child in that crooked and perverse place. This is my daughter in that school. Can we live a life that God will look at us and say, this is my son different from others in a difficult environment. Where sin reigns, where lies are the other of the day. But he is shining as a light." Can you tell the Lord that's what you're able to do? What are the baggages you are carrying? Because you belong to this village or to that family. What are the excess baggages you are carrying? They cannot pass through the narrow gates. They are excess, drop them. Ask him, Father, anything in my life? Anything in my lifestyle, in my conduct in speech that does not show forth who I am as your child. Lord, I renounce it. Lord, I I reject it. Lord, I denounce it. Lord, I quit it. And open my heart to learn of Jesus. And to live like him. And to honor you. It is enough to so do. As we are praying, is there anyone here this morning? You are in church. Year after year, you are in church. You are known by many activities in church. He says it's not those who say, Lord, Lord who call upon me. I will tell them, Depart from me, worker of iniquity. I do not know you. Your lifestyle has no bearing to my character. You don't measure, so I don't know you. It's different. I don't have my seed in you. Is there anyone here who has been a church member for long, here or other places, and you do not yet have a witness in your heart? That you belong to Jesus, that you are born again. Plain and simple as it comes. You haven't entered the kingdom. You are still outside. You are playing church this morning. You know your sin. You know you cannot measure up no matter how good you are before God. And you are sincerely sorry. And you want Jesus to come into your life, come into your heart, make you a child of God, you are born again. Then you can enter the kingdom. That's your desire. You don't want to take a step further this year. Playing church. Playing goody goody. Playing a knowledgeable man or woman. Yet your heart is empty. No peace with Jesus. You want him to take note of you. From today. As a member of the household of God. A citizen of heaven. That's your desire. If you are here. Please kindly raise your hand where you are. Let nothing make you ashamed. You are deciding what takes pattern for your life now and on what. I want to be sure that the Spirit of God bears witness with my spirit that I'm a child of God. I have played church, but I know that in my nature, I see characteristics that show that I'm still in the world. Jesus is not yet living as my Lord and Savior. And I'm sorry. To live that life. I want to surrender my life to him this morning. Can I see your hands up? I'm playing as it were. So that we can know that you have entered the kingdom. And you are not about going out. This is the lifestyle I want to live. Jesus come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. Please raise your hand where you are. And I'm saying it distinctly. I'm not using any cliche. I'm not using any word to clamor, So that you will know that you will have no other excuse if you neglect such a great salvation how shall you escape when judgment begins in the household of god with those who say they are christians and yet they have none of christ inside them this morning i have heard your word and i repent i want to have a witness in my heart and be forgiven and walk with you can you raise your hand where you are there's nothing to be ashamed of i gave my life to christ when everybody's eyes were open, and since then I knew what I did, because there was no hidden nature in it. It helps your faith. I want to surrender my life to Christ. I want Him to reign and be in charge. We ask the Lord to take charge of our life ongoing, so that we can live for Him. There will be no hindrance. And the enemy will not get you. God has variously said, for those who obey and trust, I will lead you to pasture. I will lead you safely. But those who are like any other person, outside the kingdom of God, what happens to those who were outside the Ark of Noah can easily take you on. Go into the Ark of God this time, and escape even from the turmoil around. We want to be sure that everyone is a member of the kingdom. And you are praying for yourself. God, how can it be that after I have done all this, I am cast away. I cannot enter. You say, depart from me. Your lifestyle doesn't match that of the character that I look for. As the Lord, I want to live by you and your mercy. Let's pray together with you. I'm standing. I want to surrender my life to Christ. No age barrier. Please come right here. Let's pray together with you. Those of you who are here, old or young, you're of age. No one forced you. The Spirit prompted you, and you listened. And as you stand here, just repeat this prayer after me. From the depth of your heart, you believe with your heart that you have sinned, and that your righteousness cannot stand before you in front of God. You confess with your mouth, and ask Him to come into your life. You will be saved. Lord Jesus, I thank you. You love me. You died on the cross for my sins. You paid the price for my sins. And today, I'm sorry for my past life. I repent from them. I turn completely to you. Every area of my life and my heart, I turn to you. Come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. Cleanse me. Write my name in the book of life. And give me the power to be your child. And henceforth live for you. In Jesus' name. As many as received your God, to them you gave the power to be your children. Who were born not of flesh, not of blood, not of the will of man. but by your power. Almighty God, let there be the change you give that brings a witness in the heart that will belong to you, an assurance that we have done that which is right with you. And Lord, let the peace that passes all understanding, which is a confirmation that will belong to you, and joy unspeakable, flood these hearts today and the rest of the days of their life in Jesus' name. That in righteousness, in joy and peace in the Holy Spirit, they will live for you and serve you the rest of the days of their life. In Jesus' name we pray. Shall we make these declarations together? Lord Jesus, I thank you. You found me and they grafted me into the kingdom of marvelous light in you. When I was down and out, without God in the wide world, you saved me. You put your spirit within my spirit and made me a child of the kingdom, a member of the kingdom, of the household of God, of citizenship of heaven, a royal priesthood a holy nation, a peculiar person. I had not existed in this form before. You made me new. And Lord, you have kept me. Father, today, as I thank you, in this new life, in this kingdom, I vow with my grace and grace that you have bestowed upon me. And the same life that flows out. From Jesus. That I will live for you. Henceforth. Who died for me. And rose again. That I will live for you. The same life. That he showed. And taught. And displayed. Of the things he began to do. And to teach. I will live for you. My life will bear witness. To your grace. To your presence, to your identity, come seek or pain. this year in the name of Jesus, Father. I will be comfortable bearing your lifestyle, living your lifestyle, living for you, living your standard, shining as a light in a crooked and perverse nation, being the salt. And lighting everywhere I am, and bringing your nature and character to bearing in my work, in my study, in my business, in my relationships. Take the glory in the name of Jesus. Every lifestyle that had conformed to a different level, to a different grouping, with a baggage, with a habit with their conduct, some secret, some open that are not in keeping with your lifestyle. Lord, I abandon them. With my whole heart, I renounce them. I reject them. Help me to live for you and make a name for you and live to your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, so be it with us so be it with us. May heaven take notes. May hell take notes. May the world take notes. May situations take notes. May circumstances take notes. Even the ones that will swallow others. Even the ones that will take away their faith. Even the ones that will compromise them. Even the ones that will make them be like a million. May they, when they come to us, bow and take notes that we have been with you in Jesus' name. And as we lift up your banner, your glory, your identity, your mercy, Lord, may you be honored by our lives in the name of Jesus. May people be touched and changed and our circumstances be impacted by our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. And Heavenly Father, declare again and again to the powers of the earth, to the kingdom of the devil, to the kingdom of the world. To the kingdom of men. That we are your beloved children. And you are well pleased in us. And so with situations and circumstances. Align also in the name of Jesus. Thank you Father. As we bow before you. In fullness of reverence. And we say Lord. We live for you this year. We live by your identity. We live as unto him. Who has died and risen for us. We live by the same standard of heaven. Thank you, as you enable us. In Jesus' name we pray. Father in heaven, you also revealed that the devil wants to afflict many of us this year with fire outbreak, especially in our business houses. Father, as we stand before you, we declare that fire from any source, whether carelessly lit, fire, whether it is by those who set bushes on fire, fire from pieces of paper, objects that are dropped and are smoldering fire from any electrical fault, Lord, shall not engage our buildings in the name of Jesus, not our dwelling houses in the name of Jesus. Lord, they will not come near our shade. They will be averted from our shops. They will be averted from our business centers. They will be averted from our warehouses they be averted from our offices. They'll be averted from wherever your people are found, displaying your lifestyle in the name of Jesus. Lord, whatever the enemy has planned, today we stand by your word that says, the noise and pestilence that comes by day, the arrows that fly by night, the fires that break out by enemies, they shall not come near us. Lord, they are averted and they are aborted in the name of Jesus. You who preserves our going out and our coming in. You who preserves our goods, our properties. Lord, they are preserved by your own keeping power in the name of Jesus Christ. So shall we remain under your security. And we say, Lord, whatever has been the plan in the pipeline, Lord, we disannul them now in the name of Jesus. And we receive the security that comes of the Lord in our properties, in our goods, in our places. Against fire, against any other outbreak. In the name of Jesus we pray.